this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. And welcome back, finally, to the Municipals. We have missed all you guys. I'm, of course, Matthew. And I'm, of course, you know, who else could I possibly be? The, you know, the the ultimate anti-mystery. It's Philip. Oh, That's my me. God. It's 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 been a while since we recorded. Phil, let's catch up our audience and let's tell them. By the time they hear this episode... Our previous episode, which I'm going to call the lost episode, will be posted. And it's funny because people are like, where are these guys? Where are they? I actually thought I lost the episode that we had recorded. Thought I lost it. And then I was like, oh, shit. So I I, I, rec- I don't remember exactly how it worked. But I because I, I have the, the computer that I do. The podcast on is got a small hard drive, so I copy everything over to the. Uh, I, I've got a um, what do you call it? An external hard drive. So I copy everything over there, and I guess I had forgotten that I copied it because you'd have to get into my brain. That's kind of a dangerous place sometimes. Um, so I thought I'm like, oh shit, I lost it. I lost it. Phil's gonna kill me. I lost the episode. Then I found it. So now it's being put through and it'll be released before this episode. So, yeah, that is the little story. Again, I'm sorry, Philip. <laughs> How dare you? <clears throat> All right. Now, it's been it's been a couple of weeks since we've had a chance to chat. And I do feel like this episode has the potential to be a very a heavy one. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe we take a moment to uh, to chat about. What's been going on in our personal lives? Absolutely. You want to go first? You have the floor. Oh, sure, yeah. All right. Um, I don't know how, how often I bring this up or if I even bring it up at all, uh, but I do have three brothers. I am of a family of four boys. I am the youngest. Um, my eldest brother teaches English in China, and the next brother after that is his twin, uh, and he works he works the same job that I do. In fact, he works in the building across the street from me. So that's stop, fun and neat can, and cool. Can I stop you for a second? Yes. So you, you have twin brothers. Yep. Do you look anything like them? I would argue no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, uh, that's that's a great question. You know, people look and they're like, oh, yeah, I see it. And then other people are just like, I'm also the only. Uh, no, I, I don't want to talk about the hair situation. That's rude. Um, but you do you know, have you great can, hair. You do. Have I've great got, hair. I, um, in the, I want to say in the spirit of the Dragon Ball Z spirit bomb, which for some reason, I just, I love the image of the spirit bomb, uh, you know, and I collected all of the follicle energy of my, of the male members of my family. Uh, so I've ruined them for my own personal hairline. You got great hair. You, you don't apologize <laughs> for having great hair. <laughs> so um 
so my brother teaches English in China, okay? And so he's and obviously we've been going through a pandemic. So he's he's essentially been stuck there for the last three years. So my brother who works across the street from me, you can understand how this might get a little dicey in terms of descriptions if I don't want to use their names. And I only just continue to refer to them as my brother because they are three separate entities. And the one brother who I expect to listen to this is the one that I'm really not going to be talking about too much. <laughs> so the my brother who works, you know, can I just, will they be upset? Uh, you know, they can tell me later. Uh, so my brother Jordan, he works security and he works across the street from me. Um, my brother who teaches English in China, that's Isaac. Um, and the one who I expect to listen to is Simon. I mean, I think we talked, I think. You know, I, yeah, Simon, I invite... Simon wrote an email, an email. Remember? You, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you read parts of it. Yes. Simon is an active participant of the show. One day I'll invite him on as my former campaign manager, former co-campaign manager, of course, with a raccoon. That was mostly my own personality because uh, the raccoon didn't work on anything. I just wanted it to be my campaign manager. <laughs> uh, so Jordan. um. I understood he was going to take a couple weeks off. The only thing he said to me was, you know, I have a dentist appointment. It's hard to take a day off with security, so I'm just going to take my vacation. And so I'm just like, dope. That's a, you know, uh, you got that vacation pay and you can use it for a reason as small as you're going to take your dentist appointment at some point. That's cool. So the day of his dentist appointment, which was a couple Tuesdays ago, my dad sends me a message and is like, well, I'm taking Jordan to the airport. Excuse me? Uh, yeah, well, he's just he's going to China. He did not say a single word about this to me. Very casual. And again, I I'm not actually calling them out for that because I did fly to Jamaica for a week, uh, you know, announced it to nobody in my family. So, you know, that's just that's the way we roll, apparently, in our house, in our household. And so my brother went to, to China to visit. Um, my other brother to, you know, pandemic loneliness. It's hard how you're, you're by believe, yourself. That's hard. I believe they call that twin magic. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. I accept that. <laughs> so somewhere along the way, really speaking to the uh, the fortitude of uh, my family's bloodline, because I'm a very I assume I'm also a very fragile person. I just uh, don't do anything that would put myself in danger. My brother broke his arm in China. Um, so they essentially had to like emergency rush their way back to Canada because apparently nothing could be done in like um, a Chinese hospital for two weeks, which of course is longer than my brother was even planning to be there. Um, you know, he didn't get a cast or anything. His arms in a sling. He, you know, they flew themselves back to Canada. So I got to see, um, my brother who's been in China for like five years. So that's, that's, you know, that's been interesting. Absolutely. I think he flew back yesterday. And I, I it's probably a pretty sad indictment of uh, <laughs> the fact that I'm saying it as a question mark, that I'm not quite sure what day he went back. Um, so for me, I, did did I tell the story on the podcast about uh, my my dog getting sprayed by a skunk? Did I tell that story? I think I not, told you off the air. I feel like that's true. I'm not sure if you said it on the pod. Okay, so fuck it because we don't remember. 
I'm going to tell it again because <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, so preface that it was a Saturday night, so I'm high as fuck on the gummies. All right, I'm high. Oh, Matthew, you absolute Satanist. How do we get the devil out of you? So we had some family over. <laughs> and just just walk right away from that. Just, just like, walk, let it go. Just right away. <laughs> um, and there was a... We're fortunate enough, enough that we live close enough to a couple of all-night drive throughs There's a McDonald's. There's a Wendy's. I think the shawarma place is open late too so they're like we're gonna do a wendy's run so they went and did a wendy's run and um when they came back they left the door open which it was a nice night a few weeks ago so whatever uh it's not like this cold shit now as a quick (laughs) thought you know objectively correct choice wendy's right yeah um (laughs) So, I guess we have a fenced-in yard, so the dog can wander out into the yard whenever he wants. So, he, he the door was, was left open, so he wandered out into the yard. And I guess he came upon a skunk, and the skunk sprayed him. But we didn't know that. Okay? So, when he got skunked, he ran into the house. We didn't know he had gotten skunked. And we smelled that, you know, that overwhelming. And it was, it was, it was not just a little, it was overwhelming. It was really bad. He's right beside me now as I tell the story. He's like, fuck, I gotta hear this again. <laughs> and um He doesn't want to hear his shame, but uh, the rest of us needs to, it's it's a warning for the rest of us. So so my my uh one family member went uh she she's like, it's in the house, it's in the house. And again, I have to preface, I'm high as fuck. So I'm thinking there's a skunk in the house. Then I look over and the dog, who's a a purebred mastiff, he's like foaming at the mouth to try to, I I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm high, right? And so I was told you got to take him into the bathroom and soak him down with water. So I'm doing that. I'm soaking him down with water. And um, it's not working. And I keep calling out to him. I'm like, Cage, Cage, come here. He's not responding to me. He's just walking around like I don't even exist. And then, again, I have to preface, I'm high as fuck. So there are things that I do and I don't understand at the time. So I'm like, I'm yelling to the people outside the door. I'm like, he's not responding. He's not responding. My nine-year-old is in the living room crying his face off because he thinks the dog is dead because <laughs> i guess i should have if i wasn't high i might have chose a different phrase to say right um but no the dog's okay my eldest daughter came home and together we were pouring coca-cola in his mouth because I, I was told that would work uh you can still for the most part he's fine you can still smell it if you get his mouth right up to you uh oh. but uh you know he's fine but again I thought, you know, I can laugh about that now because, you know, it was it's funny. But in the time, <laughs> it's like it completely ruined my high. Uh, Matthew, one question. Uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned it. Were you high while this was going on? <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> um, you know, I, I 
have been really busy working, you know, um, and also I've told you this before. I'm really a, a big fan of true crime, big fan. And I actually spent the last couple of weeks listening to uh, I listened to the podcast called Crime Weekly. Shout out to Crime Weekly. I'm a big fan. Uh, Derek Lavasser and Stephanie Harlow do a great job. And uh, they this was a piece from last year because I I'm not the I, I don't listen. I, I do listen to current stuff, but like I just discovered them a few months ago. So I'm going back and listening to their catalog much like our listeners probably do with our stuff. And so I listened to their eight-part series on a guy named Adnan Syed. I don't know if you've ever heard this. So he went to prison in the year 2000 for killing his ex-girlfriend in 1999. His ex-girlfriend's name was Heyman Lee. So there's a four-part series. It's HBO docu-series. I'm trying to get a hold of it, and I want to watch it because um, he's out on he's out right now because his conviction got overturned, and then it got um, reinstated. So now I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a it's a very the cops really fucked up on this case. Um, but yeah, so that's what's been going on with me. You know what, speaking before, just as a, a quick pause and, you know, maybe we shouldn't be, uh, what do I want to say, like uh, sponsoring unofficially other podcasts, but I think you might really like the podcast uh, Swindled. Uh, that's one I listen to quite a bit of. It's like, it's kind of like government corruption and. Send me the but link. It's like, it's, I'll, yeah, you know, there's an episode on. And then um, I'll, I'll promote the link in our in our show pod uh, our show Ooh. can we still say twitter <laughs> uh, our show uh, what do they even call it our show x, x? Our, our show x profile oh our that's probably what x it is profile oh god that oh, that sucks what, a, what stupid branding it's a it's a it's our pod's twitter page shut up everyone it's a twitter page thanks a lot elon musk x <laughs> x god damn it so in the last few weeks, a lot's happened, and um, I mean, we're not, I don't think we're qualified enough to give our opinions, but we have to at least, I think we have Try. to at least discuss it and talk about what's going on in the world. Uh, of course, I'm referring to the stuff that's going on with Israel and Palestine right now and the terrorist group called, was it Hamas? Is it Hamas, Hamas. or? Hamas? Oh, my God. No, you know what? My dad, my dad was telling me he was listening to a radio program where someone referred to Hamas as Hamas and like uncritically kept saying it through the show. No one would correct them. And it's just like, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's a serious conversation. You can't be calling it Hamas and nobody stop you and be like, please. Just don't. You can say it wrong. Just don't say hummus. <laughs> oh, I think that's funny. I can't help it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I don't understand. Okay, so I, obviously, I mean, I told you I listen to another podcast. I, I'm a big Jim Cornette fan, 
and his co-host Brian Last is actually Jewish. And his comments, I'm just going to repeat what he said. Um, he said that there are people in this world that want to kill Jews because they're Jews. There's no other reason. It's because they're Jews they need to be killed. Uh, that's his viewpoint. He is a he is of Jewish descent, so that's his take on it. Um, I'm wondering if you might you you might be able to uh, do you agree with that point of view or do you think it, it's more complex? So. I want this. I, I truthfully, honestly, I really should have written something out because I do feel like I have a lot of. I, I I feel like I do have a lot of thoughts on this, even though, actually, and we can start from a very basic point to kind of give people an idea if they want to even engage with what we're saying or completely ignore what we're saying entirely. Matthew, you are not Jewish. That's correct. You are not Palestinian. That is correct. And you do not hail from the land of Israel. That is correct. I am the same on all those accounts. So just, you know, if you. The I want to it sounds like it's going to be unrelated, but I want to start with the idea of impact versus intent. Okay. Okay. And I, I do feel like a lot of the ways that the commentary around this conflict is is you know you saying a position maybe half-filled thoughts and people will fill those thoughts in with with words that you never said and i i i find this very frustrating so for example i think of no you know what first i'll exp do you understand the con concept of what I mean when I say impact versus intent? I believe so. It, you know, essentially it's, you know, you're saying something and it's what the person, what the speaker is intending to say. And of course the impact being what other people take away from what you're saying. Like, I, I feel like you get a lot of people upset with identity politics because it's a lot of people saying something and it meaning something that they didn't mean to say. Okay, uh, you know what I mean? Yes. So in this instance, what I'm trying to say here is I I don't want to say something that hurts anyone. Uh that's that's my my bottom of the line here. If if what I say, if someone listens to what I say and they're like that is anti-semitic drool, I you know, I'd like to know Honestly, I'd like to know why, but more specifically, I'd like you to know that that's not my intent. But if that is the impact of what I say, I apologize. Does does that all make sense? I'm with you. So it's very, it's very complicated to talk about this because it, it feels like. Feels like a minefield. Yes. And if you just say that you don't want anyone to die, acknowledging that that's very simplistic and very naive, you know, you will have people saying that you're anti-Semitic because, you know, if you say that you are not, you don't believe in Israel's right to self-defense. And that's not true. I think, you know, every country has a right in some capacity to self-defense. 
but at the same time, it's like we can acknowledge the difference between Hamas, the terrorist group, who effectively acts as the Palestinian government. And I, I phrase it like that specifically because you will have people who will say, oh, yeah, well, Palestinians did elect Hamas in the year 2006. You know, there's a certain point where we have to stop accepting the legitimacy of a democratically elected government if it's been almost 20 years since an election. So that's, you know, whatever. That's that's besides the point. Um, and in the same way, I I thought we also understood that we could criticize the government of Israel's actions and decisions and have that be separate from semitism and anti-semitism do you know what i mean yep it it sounds like i'm going around in circles but it it feels like the two strongest emotions that are going on right now are you know palestinians have been living under the thumb of israel for so long and their conditions are terrible and and at some point you know it's like it's a human rights thing on the other hand it's not if you don't if you don't say loudly i condemn hamas people will put into your mouth and i i've been saying this often the last two weeks i feel like people are constantly throwing words in people's mouths if you don't unequivocally condemn hamas then you support the terrorist attacks against israelis and you don't value israeli lives which is ridiculous that's not that's not what anybody reasonable is saying. And I think we have to also think of people's political positions, where they've been. And if you hear the words they're saying, say you've always spoke of an ideology that lifts everyone up instead of like hyper individualistic, rugged, you know, getting by with whatever. If you're talking to someone whose ideology is about lifting everyone up, and you hear them talk about uh, Palestinians sympathetically, it doesn't make sense for you to accuse that person of being okay with the death of Jews. Does that make... I, I, I'm con I, Matthew, I apologize. Because no, makes... I'm, I'm constantly saying to you, does that make sense? Because I'm so... I'm so self-conscious of like what I'm saying here. No, that makes complete sense. And I'm gonna just going to jump in just to save you. Uh, I'll go <laughs> ahead and say that I condemn all war. It should never have to get to that point. Yes, we have a right of self-defense. We we do here in Canada as well. In the United States, if you you're you're, oh, good? Yeah, no, I'm good. you're good? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. In the United States, if you step on something that says private property, they could just start shooting. That is my understanding. Again, I could be wrong. Yeah, Castle Doctrine, I believe. Sorry? Uh Castle Doctrine, you're, I believe. You're, you're Right. Yes. And I mean, I've I've said this. Uh, it's not a it's it's I've said this before. I am a religious person. And to the best of my knowledge. The Bible, which I follow, doesn't tell me to go out and kill people, whether they're of a specific race, color, gender. I mean, the Bible this is going to piss people off. I apologize in advance. The Bible condemns homosexuality, but it doesn't tell you to go out and kill them. It just condemns it. 
fine. Even if you don't like that, fine. I can live with it condemning it because I have gay friends. We're good. We're cool. But it doesn't tell me to go out and kill them. It doesn't tell me to go out and kill anybody for, for any other reason. Race, uh, 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 religion, anyone that doesn't follow my religion should die. No. People have a right to their own religion. People have a right to their own culture. People have a right to their own race, to their own gender, to their own way of life. As long as you're not hurting other people. I mean, is that too... I Listen, I know it's simplistic. But is it too much to ask? People just get the fuck along. I mean, that's too much to ask. <laughs> it's too sim- too simplistic. That That's my take on it. I, I don't like war. I don't like... Especially with the Canadian government that we have. And and now they're poking the bear known as India. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 40, so I think I'm too old. But I, I you know, I don't want to go into war. I certainly don't want any of my kids in, in war. Um, I just, I, I, I would like to live in a world where war was not necessary, I guess is, is, is what I'm trying to say. And that may be too simplistic for a lot of people. And I apologize. That's where I'm at though. Like, it it is it's very simple for a very I feel like complex situation, but I, I feel like I have so many. Again, I really should have written some a more concrete thing down for this because I feel like there's a lot of aspects of this that are so frustrating, including um, the way the media talks about this, the way individuals on Twitter are talking about this. It's very um, you either support, um, and again. What I was saying before, you either support uh, just like ultimate do whatever uh, the government of Israel wants to Palestinians, like cut off their electricity, cut off their water, um, you know, be okay with all that as they, you know, bomb hospitals, bomb churches, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't if you don't agree with that, you you hate Jews. It's. It's ridiculous. Like the commentary, the commentary is so far. Like, have you listened? Reason, have you listened to Piers Morgan this week? So you know, it sounds like he's been doing a good job, actually, of getting um, a lot of. I want to call them alternative views to the mainstream. No, no, I, I, absolutely. But but from what the you know, it's limited to to what I've seen. But from what I've seen. These the the the, I think there was one or two different interviews. They were both talking for most of the time and no one could hear the other. Mm. Uh, I just thought it was ridiculous. Um, But I mean, can we agree the stuff going on in Israel? That's religion based war, correct? It's about religion. That's. I feel like that's the thing. It's I don't know. I I think it's I think it's a government situation. I don't know if it's a religious situation. And what would you call the Russia Ukraine? Would that be that would be Russia wanting government. to expand or Yeah, 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 yeah. And in fact, I feel like that's also it's an interesting thing that you brought up. Because it, it goes back to my my you have to keep in mind people's intent 
and, you know, the things they advocate for beyond this. You know, in my my understanding of leftist policies, and again, I, I understand that people maybe don't interpret them the same way as I do, but my interpretation of leftist politics is, you know, community and lifting people up. So again, as I said, for someone to assume my position um, is that I want Jews to die is ridiculous. At the same time, I do find it confusing when there's, I want to call, I want to refer to them as far right kind of commentators who have called for a ceasefire in, in Russia and Ukraine, sort of they're branding it as like an anti-war stance. It's, it's weird because it's, you know, they've kind of con consistently been siding with Russia. And in this case, I mean, it gets confusing if I say in this case, Russia's the aggressor. But of course, in the case we're talking about with Israel and uh, Palestine, of course, Hamas is the instigator. But, you know, Russia is a much bigger country than the Ukraine, has a much stronger, you know, force than Ukraine. It's they're putting their forces against Ukraine forcefully. And that's, you know, the world is kind of uniting to defend them. So the same people who are calling for no war there, a lot of them are the same people talking about Israel and saying um, they need to erase bloodlines like from from Palestine. You know, some of the rhetoric they'll point out. A lot of these people will point out the rhetoric that comes out of, um, I want to say, these Palestinian rallies that they do like to classify as pro-Hamas, even if they're not, even if they're simply in support of Palestinian people. Um, you know, they'll refer to them as a certain way. And it's just it's confusing. It's it's not the ideology isn't consistent. Absolutely. Um you know, I think we can agree on that. Um, I just, like I was saying, I don't, I don't like war. Um, I mean, that's it. I, that's that's basically my position. I, I don't like war. Period. Um, but yeah. Uh, anything else that you want to add on this uh, segment before we? Uh, move along. So we, we have about six minutes, and I'll I, I think I'll probably try to shoehorn my my last bit here because again I do feel like I feel like my thoughts on this are jumbled because it feels like there's so much about it, um, not just on what's happening there, but also with the hypocr hypocrisy of who's speaking about it, Rebel News, um, some of the Toronto Sun. Uh, commentators, I will say Lori Goldstein seems to have a surprisingly very middle of the road um, approach to this, which which um, is is not someone I would give kudos to regularly. So kind of sounds, uh, <laughs> sounds like, but you are giving kudos this time. Yeah, yeah, I'm giving him kudos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but now. So very early on, I think almost, I think tomorrow will have been two weeks. Hamilton Center MPP Sarah Jama released oh, yes. a statement that essentially boiled down to, essentially boiled down to what we're saying here. 
No war, please. Just ceasefire, maybe. No war. And the Ontario Conservatives, embroiled in their millions of scandals, have decided that this is their opportunity to say, hey, 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 that's bad. Yo, that's, yo, that's bad. Guys, shut up about our land swap thing. This is anti-Semitic. This is bad. Sarah, MPP Sarah Jama supports rape. And this is, and here's what I'm going to tell you right now, why I'm, this, this, what I've been saying of th- inserting words into messages where they were not there before is rampant when we talk about Israel versus Palestine, this whole conflict. And so I'm so happy that she got a lawyer and is basically saying, hey, man, these words, they weren't in the message. They weren't what I was saying. If you were arguing good faith, you know, that's not what I was saying. Shut the fuck up or you're getting sued. Fuck yeah. Basically, they're like, no, no, no. Don't look over here. Look over it there. Look at the NDP. Look at them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, the RCMP investigation is starting into them. Like, it's scandal after scandal. Um, the education boards have voted that they, that potentially they could strike. Um, and this government is just like, Holy shit. Holy shit. Um, Sarah Gemma's bad. I, She's really bad. Kick her out. Resign, resign, resign. And like all the commentary back is just like uh, Doug Ford. Actually, I think we all want you to resign. But it's like, Sarah, no, 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 no. Sarah Gemma, Sarah Gemma. Bad, 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 bad. Where's Sarah? She's not in the legislature at the same time that Doug Ford isn't in there. Where's Sarah Gemma? Oh, she must be so embarrassed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> This may be bad timing, but I did want to give the the provincial conservatives. <laughs> I want to give them kudos. We I know what you're going to say, and you're yeah. We talked about this. You are correct too. Hilarious timing, but yes, give so them. Their, I'm okay. I've I've ragged their ass. You can give them their kudos. I'm okay with that. Oh no no, I hate them too. But they <laughs> in, they're introducing a bill that's that's uh, according to. The, where I read it almost assuredly to pass because they have a majority that uh, uh, they're going to make it illegal for sex offenders in Ontario to change their names, which changing your name is a federal thing. Wouldn't they need federal permission for that? That's actually, that's a good point. Does that mean this is nothing? I'm not sure. Does that mean this is secretly nothing, Matthew? What happens? We're going to give them kudos. but, But what happens if a sexual offender, for example, would go to Manitoba, changes her name there, and then come back to come back to Ontario. I don't know. You know what's great about this moment is that you didn't before we had a moment of like, oh no, wait, there's something wrong here. Oh no, federal. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh. I can hear you, but you're frozen. Ah, uh, you know what? Well, actually, you're frozen too on my screen, so I think it's just a connection thing. That. There we go. There we go. So as long as we can hear each other, I guess it's all good. Ooh. Um, we've got, we're heading close to a minute left. Shall I very quickly end this on a thought only because you quickly brought up the province? Yeah. And then we'll carry it into our next segment. Go ahead. Uh, congratulations, Manitoba for kicking out your, 
very cruel trying to get reelected PC government with uh, your very cool NDP premier, Wab Canoe. Uh, what truly, a he does seem like a. Honestly, I love the man. He's very. I love him. His social media presence. He's just. He's very interesting. I know there are details about his past, but listen, let's wait until he flops as a premier before we decide that those things. <laughs> that's a terrible way for me to say that, but. <laughs> Wab Canoe, congratulations on getting elected premier of Manitoba. Uh, we're probably about to get cut off, but yes, congrats. But we will see you guys <laughs> on the other side. And we're back. <clears throat> oh, my voice just broke there. <laughs> That's okay. We're we're through. I think we're through the heaviest subjects of the day. I think uh, I think it's all a more relaxed position from here. Which is why I took a break and went and got some chocolate cake. Smart. Good for you. Brilliant strategy. I felt I deserved it. <laughs> after after our perilous quest of of political commentary, we really needed that. We really needed that kudos given to us. Absolutely. And uh, before we get started, I want to uh, let our listeners know that for the time being, we're going to be switching to a biweekly format. Uh, so it won't be every week. We apologize, but, you know, Phil's a busy guy. I'm even busier. Not to, I, I'm, this isn't a competition. It's a competition now, bitch. We're, <laughs> we're both very busy. Um, and so we're still going to give our opinions. It'll just be every other week instead for the time being. Uh, that doesn't mean that we won't go back to a weekly format. We probably will, maybe an election or something, but, you know, we'll, 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 We'll see how it goes. Um, I want to talk federally, uh, domestic federally, of course. <laughs> um, so what's okay? So I guess there's four levels. You know, we got the municipals, we got the provincial pals, we got the federal pals. So what do we in, call it? The international pals. <laughs> international pals. International. You know, it it'll we'll figure <laughs> something out. That's uh, we'll get it. <laughs> um. I saw a poll. Now, no, there's like four different um, polling companies. I don't even know what you call them. Uh, are uh, polling companies uh, that do I polls? Think that sounds right. And each one of them has the conservatives. If the if there was a an election, the conservatives winning by I think the lowest one I saw was ten. Was it ten percent? So. It, it would be like, it would be, I think it said the, the, the one that I saw, the, the, the conservatives would have 194 seats. Um, the, the Bloc Quebecois would have 32 seats. I can't remember what the liberals was, but it was very low. I think that's something around like 90. 80, I, whatever. Mm. And then the NDP would have 20. And I laughed at that. <laughs> and um and and the the green party would have two a two that's good usually only have usually only have one <clears throat> no i um, think that might be a step down for them i think they currently have three. Oh, okay <laughs> um i mean you all know how i feel about justin trudeau i don't think i have to keep banging that drum um even i saw an article yes it was in the sun I think it was Brian Lilly. 
And he said, it's been eight years. It's time to, I believe he, what he said was, it's time to turn the page on Justin Trudeau. And that if Justin Trudeau, I'm paraphrasing, he didn't exactly say this. Uh, basically, though, if Justin Trudeau cared about Canada, even about the Liberal Party, he would usher in a new leadership and leave. But Justin Trudeau only cares about one thing, and that's Justin Trudeau. Now, he gave a list. Uh, I'm trying to remember, because I have nothing written down for this week. This this episode, this week, is all in my memory, so that's a scary place. Flying off the uh, seat of our pants. But there's, there's a few names I wanted to uh, uh, throw at you. Uh, the first one is obvious, Christia Friedland. Um, I've, I've heard that she has no interest in leading the party. Um, and then I've heard she, she may be a candidate, so it can't be both. Right. And, and then I've heard, oh, what the fuck is that guy's name? I can't remember the other two names. I'm sorry. Could it potentially be Sean Frazier? I think that was one of them. And okay. then there was another one. And I can't remember it. Well, I think it was, you know, it was we a can, guy. We can work. We can work with we can even just work with the two if you'd like, because sure. uh, I can have some thoughts with those two. I'd love to hear what you have to say. So and you, and you can rag on, on Trudeau as well. Oh, OK. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, please. That's fine. I can do that um, in your sleep. So, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so before I even get to the idea of replacements. um, Oh. I, I had something and then my brain lost it. That's uh that's what we get for not writing anything down. This is this is our fault. Oh, okay. Um okay, there's kind of two realities in my mind when it comes to this polling, okay? One of them is I feel like there are liberal supporters who have sort of lost their minds and act as if that these polls are now untrustworthy because they're not hearing what they want to hear. Justin Trudeau has been in power a long time and people are sick of him. So I think liberal supporters have got to get it through their heads that it's like, the reality is we're probably getting a conservative government the next election. I'm not excited about it. That's not me endorsing that, you know, situation. That's just the reality. You know, we vote out governments that we get sick of and Justin Trudeau's liberals have been there since 2015. They've grown long in the tooth. We're, we're okay. I think it's time. Everyone acknowledges it's time for a change. I don't want it. Can to I just stop concern- you. Yes. Can I just stop you there for a second? I just want to, I want to maybe expand a little bit on something you said. Okay. And we've said it before. I believe it's interesting in Canada. We don't vote in governments. We vote out governments. And I'm wondering if maybe I've asked you this before, maybe I haven't. Um, do you think Canada's the only place that that happens? Does it happen? Do we vote? Do they vote out presidents or do they vote in presidents? You know what? I think I'm too ignorant to give you a good answer for that. I've always got the sense that it was. I think I think people do vote in presidents in the United States, for example, and I'll tell you why, because they've got the term limits. Right. So it's after the two terms and they're gone. So again, that was 2008. So it wasn't, there wasn't an incumbent 
president to elect. It was just two new people. 2016, the exact same thing. So I, I'm sure this happens in other countries, right? Like, I don't think Canada is unique in that way, but I do think, I don't think the United States doesn't vote that way. And I'd say that's entirely due to term limits. Which we're big advocates for term limits. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell Sorry yeah, to interrupt hell yeah, hell your yeah. thought. Uh, but yes, no, we, we, that's we, great. Vote, we vote out governments. Absolutely. So I do want liberal supporters who are kind of pretending like they can't trust polls now because it's not saying what they want to hear. Get used to being disappointed. That's a one my one start there. But on the other hand, to, you know, I want to say conservatives who are looking at these polls and are thinking, oh, well, it's it's a shoe and it's a deadlock. You know, prior to the 2019 election, oh no, actually, I think it was a 20, the 2021 election with Aaron O'Toole. There were points that prior to the election getting called that the conservatives were getting numbers like that. That it was, it looked very obvious that the liberals, they were set to go down. Obviously, it rebounded because Justin Trudeau thought that was his moment to get a majority government because fucking that was smart. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just, it's polls aren't perfect. But I, I think anyone using them to celebrate too soon or then to deny reality, that's stupid. Okay, so that's that's my bit on where we are with the polling. Uh, yes, it says the conservatives would likely win if we held an election tomorrow. The reality is, if they announce an election tomorrow, um, you know, every single federal party would act differently. And the results of those pollings would be way, way different. That's not me saying that it wouldn't continue to show a conservative rise. I'm just saying, let's be real. I will say this. And, and haters can come for me if you'd like. I will say this. The 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 breakdown that we gave, we said NDP 20 seats, Green Party 2 seats. I'd like to see that flipped. <laughs> Green Party 20 seats and NDP 2 seats. Uh, for NDP. I would love to see that. You know, he's done nothing but ride Justin Trudeau's coattails. On top of a new liberal leader, you need a new NDP leader. Absolutely. And I think in the same situation with the liberals, where it's sort of like, who could they get next? I think the NDP has the exact same problem. Like there's some, I like Charlie Angus. I like um, Peter Julian. You know, there are some solid NDP MPs, but like Jagmeet Singh, it's like he thinks he's going to win the election on TikTok and it's just not happening, my man. You know, he he needs to come hang out with me, you know, smoke a bit, drink a bit, chat it up and just be like, hey, my friend. And he can be like, yo, guy, what's up? And I'll just be like, can you not be the liberal? Or, sorry. Can you, well, that's slip of the tongue, but maybe a little bit too revealing. Right. <laughs> but uh, can you not be the leader of the NDP anymore? Can you just do me that solid and just be a cool dude? Like since, since you brought it up, I, I got to. Off topic, uh, side note, uh, sidebar. I tried the weed Coca-Cola, <laughs> but what I didn't know was it was the um, vanilla Coke. 
but it's very gassy. So I'm going to keep trying different ones until I find the right one. Have you tried a, a weed drink before or you just like to, I mean, I don't yes. think, I don't think we're breaking anything if I, we announce, Hey, we smoke weed on this. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no. I think at this point, I think at this point it's, uh, it's, legal. it's out there. It's well known. It's legal. Um, here's, I'll say I, I, the embarrassing thing that I guess I shouldn't say out loud is the amount of THC in those drinks is so low. Uh, it absolutely does nothing for me. Mine, mine was 10 milligrams. Oh, you're, oh, so you're graduated. I'm not graduated. That Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm still, what you're, what, what I think you're trying to say without saying is I'm still in the junior leagues. I, I know someone, um, I know someone who can, who can eat up to, 70 milligram gummies and they're a normal person just like a they're not high just like a normal person i'm like i don't understand you i don't understand how you could do that matthew um to prevent myself from further embarrassment i will not tell you any numbers like that because maybe i'll i'll, I'll text you i'll i'll text you those numbers because uh, i am not gonna say them on air <laughs> I, I i'm good for 10 <laughs> I will. Yeah. I'll I'll text you. I'll text you later. Um getting back to the the federal thing. So, one more question before we move on. Mm. No, I didn't even answer the initial question. I I went and jumped back to talking about oh, polls. Sorry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> I think okay. At I would have said 2 years ago that Christian Freeland was the natural successor to be the leader of the Liberal Party. I feel like there's been too much since then. And in the same way that I feel like Jagmeet has been kind of weighed down by his association with the Liberal Party by, you know, doing the CASA agreement and getting very little for the NDP, I think Christian Freeland, by becoming the deputy prime minister, has sort of anchored herself a bit. Not only that... There's that, and I absolutely, yes, I'm saying that. On the other hand, I'm also thinking that, especially with the recent, let's let's call it the um, the federal government's oopsie-poopsie in terms of, uh, you know, applauding a Nazi in the House of Commons. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> we, we've talked, we talked about that last yes, time. Yes, we think. did, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Christian Freeland, I feel like there's just, there's too much... There's too much of that history that people are now a bit more aware of. I don't I don't know if we should be punishing, you know, Christian Freeland for the sins of, you know, it's a family association stuff. Um, I don't necessarily think that it it's something we should hold against her. But at the same time, I think a lot of people will. So, no, Christian Freeland for leader. Absolutely not. Here's what I will say. What has occurred to me what feels like the single smartest cabinet shuffle shift in, for anyone in any government that we've paid attention to in my mind Justin Trudeau putting Sean Fraser on housing has been a slam dunk you know the conversation has shifted he's you know talking to municipalities they're they're working it feels like things are getting done i don't know if that's the comms getting better or if they're just doing shit now, as opposed to the last housing minister who seemed perfectly happy to defend municipalities to say, oh, guys, 
you guys, you special little guys, it's not your fault housing isn't getting built. I know it's your domain, but it's not your fault. You know, oh, let me special government guys. Uh, who is that? Who? Um, but the guy who's before Sean Fraser, like he literally wrote an op-ed saying, "Don't blame the municipal governments for the lack of housing," which makes you want to rip your hair out and say, "Okay, federal government, then we'll blame you." Like, come on. So the so just that alone, with what I feel like is a very smart cabinet shuffle and what feels like a very successful move here with the housing, Sean Fraser feels like he would be a very smart leader of the Liberal Party. But I, I am speaking strictly to his success right at this moment. So I don't know if maybe he's just particularly good on the housing file or if he'd be a good leader for the Liberals. But I, I think he is a... Fuck, it's something... It's something moving towards something. Okay. And, you know, with all this talk about polls and shit, are we going to see a federal election before we absolutely have to is, is an early one going to be called is, I guess is my question. We used to think it was, but. And it's a great question because, you know, if, if you're the liberals and you're looking at these polls, you know, you know, goddamn well, it's like, they can't the Titanic, the Titanic going (laughs) towards the iceberg. They're like, they're looking at it and they're like, how much time do we have to turn this around? <laughs> you know, like there's no realistic avenue here at the moment. Um, Pierre has successfully, I am kind of giving him kudos here when I phrase it like this. He has successfully um, put, regardless if he's correct or not, he has put a lot of the blame of the problems in this country on the federal government. I don't think he's entirely correct. He's partially correct. But, um, but that's been the strength of his message. But he's also engaging. He'll talk to the little people and he's entertaining. And by the way, this is not me giving him kudos either. Cause I still, that sounds st- like you're giving him quite a lot of kudos. <laughs> I still stand my, my, by my position that I think all government should be independent. However, that's just not the world that we live in. So we have to take what we can get. This guy, he is the, if, if I'm in the camp of anybody but Trudeau, well, this guy fits the bill. You know, I feel like I wonder, maybe it'd be interesting to talk to Pierre Polyev. I would love like, that. Again, I don't I don't like the man, but I, I wonder <laughs> if if you anyways, not important. But uh, so I, I just I am giving the liberal government great kudos with their shuffle of Sean Fraser onto housing. I don't know if that was his expertise before or if he's just he's or if he's just getting good advice. But I Oh the the question was about an early election. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I jumped completely away from that. Um God. No. Which I think puts the NDP for their um their confidence and supply agreement. It puts them in a strong position. And I really, uh, and I feel like this will be the ultimate test for Jagmeet Singh, okay? Where, whether he can change, <laughs> turn his own little ship around, <laughs> or if it's like the sign that he needs to go. Because at the moment, the liberals are in the weakest position they've been in a while. 
You know what policies it turns out people like? Policies that do things for people. People like that shit. The NDP is demanding stuff like pharmacare and dental care. And you know what? Electoral reform. Some, I mean, it's not, it's not entirely, but people want electoral reform. So the NDP is in the perfect position to say, we need blank, blank, and blank. Not just one thing. Don't just fight for one thing and be like satisfied with the liberals in your agreement. Fight for the things that you fight for, that you claim to fight for. And if the liberals say, you know, kind of hem and haw, like, eh, eh, then be like, okay, well, we're out. The thing is, what frustrates me about this conversation, especially with like conservative commentators, is it's like they make it out to be this moral failing of the NDP to like pull the carpet out from under the liberals and like get an election going. It's not because what is an, what are the NDP um, government and what is the NDP supporters? What do they get out of a conservative government? Nothing. Pretty I close to nothing. No. I mean, hey, listen, watch Pierre Polyev comes in and he's successful. You know, the thing is, or at least my interpretation of uh, leftist policies. I, I, I'm doing this a lot, you know, like I'm, I am doing a lot of the identity politics shit here. But my idea is simply, you know, a government that lifts everyone up. If Pierre Polyev comes in and he manages to do that, I will give the man his kudos. The reason why I don't believe he will is because I don't believe that's a central tenet of conservative ideology. And that's not me saying, you know, being right-leaning makes you the devil. It's it's like, it's a different set of priorities, like less, less government involvement for more uh, hyper-rugged individualism and, you know, to prep individuals for success. But that's, you know, and some people do get successful with that kind of like framing, but not, but that's not everyone. I feel like that's the divide with like the sides. I don't know why I'm, you know, bringing this all up, but just to say, you know, it's people, people aren't rooting for the conservatives to fail because of, you know, it's like a team game thing. People are rooting for the conservatives to fail because they don't believe in what they push. And I, I feel like it's the same thing with, well, I don't know if I believe it's the same thing with conservatives, you know, to the other side, if they see it as, do they want them to succeed and do well? Or are they only interested in in them failing so that they can gain power? I'm very I'm I'm very cynical about conservatives. You know that. I do. <clears throat> Before we wrap up the federal stuff, I do want to get your opinion. I read something. There, they've been talking about this for a long time, but maybe starting to put it into action. Of course, I'm referring to the Canada National. Is it a, a minimum benefit or some shit like that? Oh, um, universal basic income. Yes, sorry, that is what it's called. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, explain that to me because I, I'm I'm not uh, clear on the particulars, and to our listeners, uh, just whatever you know that that I don't know because I couldn't even fucking come up with the correct name. <laughs> I mean, my understanding of it is just there's a floor for what people think is the, you know, bare minimum that provides housing and food 
for people. And then anything on top of that is expected that like you'd get a job and work for it. You know, so then, and so, so then we'd be entitled to both the job income yeah. and the 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 minimum benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. And I and now of course here's here's the fear is that if if that's not paired with something like, for example, rent control, um, then uh, landlords will just increase the rent by the amount that universal basic income is. And then that income just becomes a direct uh, payment from the government to landlords. Like it's in my mind, it is a good universally good idea that just needs some safeguards to prevent to put it very, 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 very simply, and I'm, people will rag on me for, for saying it like this, to put it very simply, we do need some controls to prevent capitalism from ruining the whole thing. You know, again, like... Absolutely. Um, but if, if it's set up properly, I really do feel like it would allow people to prosper. Because A, you could work... It would allow people to work... And potentially improve their lives as well. Say you're working a job, a, what feels like a dead-end job, and what you'd rather do is go to school so that you can go get a better job, which is what a lot of people tell you you need to do. With a universal basic income, you would have that safety net to be able to quit your job, keep earning enough income to be able to you know, live in your house and get food and blah, blah, blah. Um, and you could go to school, and then you could get a better job. It's just about... It's just about setting people up to be more successful. It's not also, about so would this then replace like ODSP and OW? That's a good question. Um I think I think it would have to, no? I I I feel like it could replace OW. I do feel like ODSP should continue to be separate. Um if only specifically because if you're on ODSB, you would have more needs than the general population. Does that that is, that is a good make point. sense? Yep. But I do feel like ODSP and this universal basic income could absolutely coexist. But I Ontario works; they could probably that could probably fold into the universal basic income. We 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 love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> we love. I, I support it. Um. Acknowledging that there are pitfalls if we do not create safeguard for such pitfalls, but um, I think it's the right direction to go. Now we got a little bit more time. Let's move on to some provincial stuff. Where do you want to start? Um, do you want to do you want to circle back to the? I, I know we covered it in the beginning, but do you want to circle back to the Sarah Jama thing? If there's anything <laughs> left to say, uh, you know what. All the people who've been pointing at Sarah Jama and pretending like she said something super radical. But even Merritt's think... even Merritt Styles made her apologize. Oh, though. you know what? Thank you for that. Thank you for reminding me. Because I honestly, that is the so incredibly cowardly of Merritt Styles to not stick up for her MPP. I'm Honestly, I I do feel like it's it's cowardly. Not only cowardly, you know, asking her to retract her statement, which, as I said to you, was not calling for any of the things that the people were throwing words into her mouth were saying. But then nine days later, 
essentially saying the exact same shit. Wow. So I find it, I'm like, this is the most disappointed I've been in Merritt Styles. It's like, you know, Doug Ford and the Ontario Conservatives, you know, you expect them to play these stupid little games, uh, sing songs, oh, where's Jemma, where's Jemma? Well, the premier of the province, I was going to say the premier of the country, the premier <laughs> of the province isn't there, and you're acting like it's more important that she is? And again, as I as it's just a distraction from all their bullshit. Um, but for me, I would styles, love it. I would love it if we could get an attendance record for question period. Oh, God. And that's easy enough to get. And it's it's absolutely embarrassing for Doug Ford, his his attendance. Do you think we could try to get that for next week? We might be able to get it for right now if uh, we can jabber on as I Google this. Absolutely. So. um. Everyone knows that I'm I just want to circle back to what I also said before about uh, uh, sex offenders not being able to change step. I think that um, I just I think it's a good thing. I think that we need to um, put our foot down because, I mean, let's not forget Carla Homolka. She wouldn't be going by a different name, Leanne something if these laws had taken place then so i think that's a good thing um i don't really have many other positive things to say about the provincial government <laughs> i do want to uh while you're looking at the attendance record i do want to hit on one point uh, it's kind of provincial kind of municipal i want to talk about bonnie crombie real quick we got about uh just under 10 minutes <sighs> so bonnie crombie is currently the mayor of Mississauga. She's running for liberal uh, provincial liberal leadership. She's taking a leave of absence as the mayor. I don't know who, but somebody is filling that spot. However, even though she's taking a leave of absence, she still uh, got the power to use the strong mayor powers to push there was something she pushed or she's going to push through or she did push through. Um, it was a, a either making fourplexes legal or a specific property where fourplexes are being built. I can't remember exactly the, the verbiage on it. I think it's the first thing. But but the fact that she can use strong mayor powers well in her leave of absence as the mayor, I think it's. It's definitely, I, I don't think, maybe corrupt is not the right word, but it's definitely, what's the word I'm looking for, Philip? Uh, I feel like anti-democratic is fair. You know, because if that vote was so important for her to be there, because again, if she was there and the vote was the same, except that she voted in support, it would have passed if she had done her job. But she wasn't there because she felt it was more important for her to take this absence to run for liberal leadership of Ontario, you know, regardless of how you want to clarify that. If you think that makes her hardworking or if you're like me, you feel like that's a bit of a, you know, chasing power thing, which seems embarrassing. Um, but I, feel I would like say it's if, anti-democratic. I feel like if she was all in to be the leader of the Ontario Liberals, she should resign as the mayor of Mississauga. 
Mitzi I, Hunter I, resigned. Yeah. And she lost. That's okay. This isn't a justification. Mitzi had to resign. And and Bonnie doesn't have to. I don't know why. I don't know why it's if you're in a municipal position, because that's that's what it's been. You know, Gary Crawford was able to run for MPP because he was a municipal counselor and he only resigned to get that sweet, sweet cash. Um Mitzi but he didn't Hunter, have to, but he didn't have he to. He did no, he didn't have to. And that and that was why it was so shitty that he only did it like two days before the election. When you go up, you don't have to resign. But when you go down, you have to resign. Yeah, like, which is weird. When you go down levels or up levels, uh, it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Did you did you get the the question period absent or uh, attendance <laughs> list? So like I did a Google of it. So I got a a global news article. So it's again not not a great example. It's from March eighth, twenty nineteen, and the headline is Premier Doug Ford has missed sixty one percent of question period since December. So like that's that's just a specific time frame, you know, slice of time, a three month time period where he missed more than half a question period, which is ridiculous. But that's not that's not an attendance record. That's just one one sample. But huh. and that and that doesn't take into account the times that he's there and he's asked a question and he says, "I deflect to you know the, <laughs> the minister of education, or I deflect yeah. to someone asks him a question. He just says, folks." And that's it. That's that's the answer. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, folks. Fucking Doug Ford. So, but yeah, it's interesting to bring up the Bonnie Crombie thing because it's, you know, and it's it partially goes into what's going on with Sean Frazier at the federal level where it's, it's the change in tone between him and his uh, and who he succeeded. Again, I'm forgetting his name. Hussein, I think. Maybe, or, yeah. Yeah. Um, but where it's like before the previous guy was like, again, coddling municipalities like, oh, poor babies, don't worry about not building. It's not your fault. It's okay. And everyone being like, what the fuck are you saying? And to now the new guy uh, basically being like, uh, cities, uh, we've we've made a plan to fund you if you have plans. Do you have a plan? Um, and hopeful future guest, uh, Mayor Guthrie of Guelph, he's one of the ones mentioned by Sean Fraser as having a good plan. Uh, Mayor Crombie instead wasn't around, allowed that council to lose that vote on a tie, and um, Sean Fraser rightfully rightfully demonized not demonized uh demonized isn't the word i want to go for but he rightfully was like admonished get it, get it together get your shit together or else we can't help you and what you about know, May- what about um i don't want to go municipal yet but did uh did sean frazier happen to say whether or not mayor chow had a plan um i think the recent announcements uh regarding uh, I know that they're putting some more money into residential acquisitions. Uh, but, you know, now that you've said it out loud, I don't know if I've heard anything in terms of like very, very positive or very negative, to be fair, uh, criticisms from our housing minister towards Livia Chow. Um, but yeah, like I know I've heard good things about 
Guelph. I think Hamilton even. Um, Edmonton, I believe. Edmonton or Calgary are wait were they one of the problematic ones? Again, I should I should keep better track of this. I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, we have uh, three minutes. You covered it briefly before we went on break last time. Let's talk about Manitoba, the NDP winning. If there's anything else left you wanted to say, because technically that's provincial, even though it's not our province. It's not our province, but I mean, I don't know if you're paying attention to how they were running the the Manitoba PCs. I didn't even know. I didn't even know they were having an election. Holy shit. Because so one of the big controversies that's sort of been like floating Mm -hmm. around is, um, you know, indigenous women ending up dead in landfills. Oh. Now, so activists have sort of been pushing this government for months to to pay money to search the landfill. Now, they hadn't really strictly said no. You know, they kind of hammed and hawed and, you know, are trying out financial stats. And but in the election, they took a very strong stance, which was we're absolutely not going to search the landfills like that was their election stance. Most wow. of the time when when you want to kind of your stance is a negative in an election, you really just don't want to talk about it. But they really thought their full throated endorsement of not doing that search was going to win them the election. It was that and a little bit of the. You know, a little bit of the culture war, transphobic parental rights shit. And uh, who was the incumbent? Sh- uh, Heather Stephenson. No, no. What pl- what party? Oh, the PCs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Manitoba had a conservative government, a majority conservative government, and Manitoba and... then said "fuck you" and voted NDP. Yeah, they fucked so bad. They fucked up so bad. Say that, that guy's uh... name again. Wab Canoe. <laughs> I, I love, love it. That, That's the greatest name in Canadian history. He's a man, and I hope he's successful because. You know, Ollie, I don't, here's the thing. I don't even know what the NDP's campaign promises were, except I do know early on, I saw a video with Wab Canoe. You know, he was at a gas station and he's like, I'm going to lower gas prices. And I'm like, God damn it, Wab. That's not, that's not progressive shit. Shut up. (laughs) Hey, he won. What can I say? All right. And with that, we're going to be back. Uh, We're going to take a break and we'll be back on the other side. And we're back. And uh, now we get to throw on our municipals hat. And um, I know we probably have some thoughts about uh, the council meeting that took place. But I want to start off by talking about one of your favorite subjects, the Scarborough Southwest by-election. Because we have some new names. Okay. So I'm going to go with some na- I'm going to read them because I don't remember if they're new or not. Last time we did this, you let me know if, if like, I remember a few of them. Uh, starting from the top, uh, Malik Ahmed, I believe she was there before. Or she? He? He. He. Sorry. Apologize. Yep. He. Oh, I just committed a. No, never mind. <laughs> uh, Corey David, he, he was there before as well. Yeah, he's my boy. I like Corey. Uh, Malika Goose, was she okay? So, I 
Let me let me quickly say something about uh, Malika Goose, who is she's currently our TDSB trustee. Oh yeah, yeah, but she was on there before. But oh, but you got something new to say. Well, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's 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 really it's relatively small, but it is. I I do hope at some point during this campaign she answers for it. Whether you know to me on Twitter, which so far she has not responded to. Or if there does end up being a debate, I would love to be able to get some clarification on this because uh, because I feel like it's cynical politics. Okay, so last weekend I was in the Danforth uh, pharmacy area because uh, I've been taking uh, my son and my nephew to a cooking class at the uh, Oak Ridge Community Center. So in the middle of that, I I took a walk from the community center and I, I found some of her, her literature on, on the ground, just straight up, just on the ground. So I picked it up because, because this is my stuff, you know, I like, I like this political engagement. So I, I pick up her flyer. It probably would have helped if I had it with me to read it off. But one of the things, one of the things that she had mentioned was that she has a history of, you know, working for, you know, education and all that stuff. So here's the thing. Without without knowing Malika personally, I'd like to know what what she bases that off of, if she actually does have a history of that, or if she's specifically speaking towards her one year as our TDSB trustee. And because again, if Parthi, Parthi Kendavel, if he claims that he's been doing work, you know, for students and educators and all that stuff. I would believe him because he was our TDSB trustee for two terms. That's eight years. Malika has been our TDSB trustee for one year. Now there's a chance for her to jump ship to a more important position. She chose to run for TDSB trustee a year ago. She didn't choose to run for city councilor. She chose to run for TDSB trustee. Is she deciding now that that position isn't good enough for her? She's only been there a year. It's And is she so arrogant that she would throw our ward into another by-election because she wanted a better job than what she signed up for? What she signed up for. I know that you're passionate, but I just all I just want to point out that this is all John Tory's fault. Oh, yeah. We yeah. can agree on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean... I was making it down to it's like so John Tory's arrogance that he needed to run the city of Toronto is my understanding that that was sort of the inspiration for his run for the third term when he had previously claimed he was only going to run for two. Gary Crawford's arrogance of just uh, well I ran for city council now there's a seat opening up for MPP. And I'm going to go for it. And then he took the money like a coward. I don't know. Gary Crawford's arrogance. And that's how we got the by-election here. So I just, I see it as an extension of those two, where if she wins, she becomes her city councilor and she forces us into another by-election. I feel like that's arrogance. That's a great way to put it. Okay. Moving along. <laughs> You're right. That's again, if I if I could get an answer from her where she actually does have a history of like, you know, working with educators and students beyond her role as TDSB trustee, I would like to have the answer for that. 
but it still wouldn't answer for her desire to jump an idea from I yes. got an idea. You know, I've been working overtime on our X page. I'm going to call it Twitter. Fuck it. <laughs> um, on our Twitter page. We have a lot of counselors and mayors all over the world following our page. Let's ask her. You craft it. You t- send it to me. I will copy it and I will tweet it to her and everyone that follows us will see it all the mayors and counselors and all the everyone will see it and maybe that will gently force her maybe force is the wrong word gently suggest that hey you should answer this question i think it's a good idea because honestly that's my that's my big sort of at the moment it's just we want people who want to run to represent us we don't want someone who's just chasing power absolutely Okay, moving along. Uh, Thomas Hall and Peter Hangis, I believe they were... No, Peter Hangis is new. But I feel like I recognize his name. Because he ran ran in the mayoral by-election. Did he? Okay. And I know we're going to run across another familiar name as we go down this list. Don't go go that far. Listen, I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm aware of it. Um, Jessica Hines, I think that's... Was she... She's new? Yeah. Uh, do you have any idea who she is? You're, you're, you. This is, this is your ward. So I just clicked, I just clicked on the website that they've got on that counselor by-election page. It is the blankest blank page I've ever seen. It's the start of something that could look professional, but there's nothing else here. Oh, uh, so she's got a Facebook page. Has she posted anything? No, it's her personal Facebook page. Uh, nothing's posted there. What about the Instagram? Is this a campaign Instagram? It is. Okay. All right. So it looks like Ontario. Oh. Ooh. Is she is she running as a conservative-minded person? Interesting. Do I know this person? The name <laughs> it's, sounds sorry. I've used my Instagram for so little that it's asking me to to um, prove I am who I am because I don't use it. Okay, are you sending me a code? Eight four six. That's my phone number. So there right. it is. Well, you mess around with that. We'll move on. Marzia Hoke. Sorry, I just uh, I'm about to get logged in. I just want to see is she running as a conservative minded person because she's still in by the Ontario PC sign. It has been so okay. There we go. What is this? What are you saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she's... Looks like she just wants to... So she met Scott Moe. That's what it is, what it is. Oh, that was... This is a long time ago before she started running. Oh, you know what? So never mind. Uh, we'll never oh, mind wait. her, then. <laughs> I don't know. This No, that is more recent. Okay. Oh, those are tagged. That's why they're so old. They're tagged. Okay. I'm. I'm getting it together. I'm functioning. <laughs> so you're not but, fam- you're not familiar with Jessica Hines. No, I'm not. Uh, Marzia Hoke. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. No. Oh, but uh, this guy, uh, Alamger Hussein. I believe he was there when we last talked about candidates. Now, what was funny was while we were talking on the show. That's the last episode a- that I'm working on. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, so while we were having this conversation, 
someone was knocking at our door and you know obviously i couldn't leave to answer it and i've got a window here i could have seen who it was but i didn't want to get up to check and um when i went to check the door later sure enough he had left his lit so that man he's canvassing he's doing his thing um you know i don't know anything about him he's he's got nope. a lot of just no one else in your house wanted to talk to him <laughs> no you would have okay be honest even if you didn't agree with him would you have like stood there and talked to him for as long oh, as 100%? Yeah, I would have loved him. I I'm so desperate for for more canvassers to come to my door. Like it was real shame in the last municipal election cuz so few people did come. I do remember uh Kevin Rupesing's people did come to my door. I explained to them, uh you know, I'm running, so I'm not going to be voting for for Kevin cuz I'm I'm running. I'm going to vote for myself. And they directly asked me, you know, kudos to their courage. Is there anyone in your house who's not going to vote for you? <laughs> um, I don't know if I told you this one story. We'll sidebar for a second. Uh, it was back when I lived uh, on Lakeshore. So Mark Grimes was running. And I can't remember who it was. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm being serious. I don't remember. But it, someone came to the house. Uh, they were canvassing. And... I started talking about the violence in the park. And the guy goes, okay, but but what about these streetlights? Do they work? Do they come on on time? And stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm telling you about the violence in the park. And you're asking me about streetlights. What the fuck is wrong with you? I didn't say that to him. But, <laughs> but yeah, that was my, my, I think my one and only experience because... As much, uh, uh, you know, as a political, uh, I guess, whore that I am, <laughs> nobody ever comes to the house. Nobody. <sighs> anyway, let's keep going on this list. I'm excited about this next name, Anthony Internicola. He ran in Ward 22 in, in the October election. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, so you 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 know this guy. I have interviewed him. In fact, if I can get oh, a hold shit. of it, maybe I'll release it as a bonus episode. Uh because it it has to do with um with uh with the election going down. I know we talked about Saeed Jaffrey because I believe he he ran in the mayoral election. Yeah. Uh Nazar Cad, I don't remember him, so he's no. new. He, he doesn't ring a bell. No. Uh, any more you want to add on Parthi? Uh, no, I think we 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 got him pretty much. Okay. I think I think I talked about last time where it's. I, I think my general gist is I like the guy. Um, if housing is a big enough deal for you, he's not your guy. All righty. Uh. Walayat Khan. Again, I'm so sorry if I butcher some of these names. Um, Angus McKenzie. Oh, I like that name. <laughs> I do. It's a strong name. Uh, let's see. MD Abdullah Al Mamon. I feel like that must have been around the last time. Suman Roy. Nothing to add on him? Uh, no. 
Kevin Rupinsing? Um, I think I don't think I talked about this the last time recorded, unless we did. Did we talk about the fact that I went to a Kevin Rupinsing fundraiser? I think so. Oh, okay. Uh, then then nothing to add. <laughs> I think so. Um, Sudeep Sham. I think we covered him. Uh, here's an. Is this one a new one, Anna? It's, it's not new, but since the last time we talked about her, um, ooh, she's I actually like her, added. I like her website. Put scarboroughfirst.ca. So here's what I'll tell you. Oh, and actually, it's a pretty professional looking website. Anna um, Sudoropolis. So my wife really likes her. I my understanding is that she actually her kids went to. Uh, the school that my kids are going to, unless I'm misunderstanding, or she was just aware of her. But apparently she was running for TDSB trustee last year. Um, and so, of course, she didn't get it. So now she's running for city councilor. Um, her website looks good. I should go through some of uh, some of her stance, but uh, she seems like a, a good one. And again, I am saying that because <laughs> my wife likes her, but I trust her. Well, maybe you can do some homework and report back to us. You are the Ward 20 aficionado. That's right. Uh, Sandeep Srivastava, which is funny um, because I believe he ran in the mayoral election as well. And if I'm not mistaken, I caught a piece of a meeting after the mayoral election Um it was a uh it wasn't a city council meeting it was one of their their special meetings i can't remember the fucking term for it um and they were talking about uh like the 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 candidates who hadn't uh filed their papers yet or or couldn't or um no they they were talking about candidates who spent more than they raised, if I'm if I'm being correct, and uh, you know our our buddy Gong came up in that conversation, <laughs> but this guy did too. So I was under the impression that he wasn't going to be allowed to run, but maybe that was for mayor. He couldn't run for city council. He can run. I don't know, um, but I I I don't know. I just thought I would bring that up. Uh, Trevor Sutton, we talked about. And Manny Zanders, I don't think we talked about. No, that's, but I am that's brand new. I am so excited <laughs> to talk about our boy, <laughs> Mr. Reginald Tall. He jumped in. Now, it's not possible. Did we cover this on the last episode or the one before that? Like when we talked about, when we ran down the list. Did that's we... a good question. I actually don't remember the time frame. Okay, it might have so, been the one before last time. So wouldn't it be funny? If he was listening to us, because I believe what I said was, I'm waiting for Reginald Tall to join. Didn't <laughs> I say that? I think you I know, said I, that. Uh, if you did, that'd be very funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. So, if you, I'm going to ask you again, because it might be different with, with more names. I'm going to ask you for a top three of how, you, not not of who you would vote for. But a top three of who do you think would be in the top three uh, um, in no particular order? Okay. I Go actually ahead. think that's 
I think that's pretty easy you, to you, answer. Again, you are the Ward 20 aficionado. When it when, like, when whenever <laughs> there's a Ward 1 by election, I'll be the aficionado, but <laughs> I I defer to you right now. So, and I'm it's a combination of knowing the results of the last municipal election where uh Parthi came in a very strong 2, Kevin came in a very strong 3. And acknowledging that Suman Roy is essentially a local celebrity, I think it's Parthi, Kevin, and Suman. Interesting. No Reginald Tall. I I <laughs> I don't think he's up there in terms of I think we know him because <laughs> we know him because he, he signs up to run in a lot of elections. We we recognize him. Like I, I recognize the guy. I don't know if it's an election that's so hyper local, I don't know if uh, Reginald Tull is well known enough. Well, he is responsible for our highest rated episode. That's true. Back in February. That is true. <laughs> um, real quickly, uh, is there any municipal stuff like the the city council meeting? They had a uh, an evening um, session. Anything you want to go through, if you want to talk about any one of your boys, you know, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, oh, OK. Actually, I think I'll have to find the tweet for context because uh, I, of course, enjoy making fun of Brad Bradford, 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 as uh, I know he legally likes to be called. Um. Okay, <laughs> so like some of their financial data came out uh, and apparently in his bid to become the mayor, Bradford either raised or spent $800,000. Holy shit. And, and of course, former, former municipal Kayla had uh, made the point of, you know, 800000 for less than 2% of the vote is, you know, that's quite the number. And so I jokingly responded, only 2% of the vote and still thinks he's too good for an appearance on the municipals. Holy <laughs> shit, that's a lot of... That's a lot of fucking money. Listen, I, I know why... I know why Bradford Bradford doesn't want to be on our podcast. That's fine, but I, I'll continue to rag on the man it's until, your- <laughs> you know, one day... He will see me on the street. He will punch me right in the face, and there will be no repercussions for me because I'll be like, "Yeah, man, I I deserve that one." I had it covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe if that's the condition to get him onto our show, I'll tell him, "Hey, man, you can give me a good sock in the face, and then uh, we can get on with our lives." I do want to give a shout out to uh, counselors like uh, Ward Three Counselor. Uh, Amber Morley, uh, Ward 23 Counselor Jamal Myers, and I'm sure there's more. Uh, I don't mean to leave anybody out, but I follow them. I regularly get their tweets about um, uh, neighborhood consultations, town hall meetings, stuff like that, and I think that's a breath of fresh air. Um, And, you know, as a former Ward 3 resident, as much as I may respect, uh, I disagree with Mark Grimes on a lot of political issues, but as much as I may respect him, I don't recall him 
holding any town hall meetings. And I, I'm not trying to rag on the guy. The guy's retired. He's living his life. That's good for him. But it it's a fact. And I'm not, I don't live in a world where if it's a fact I don't like, I just push it to the side. I'm going to speak the truth. Um, is there any other counselors that uh, you see doing that that you wanted to shout out to? I know it's kind of, it's an unfair big jump, but I, I actually kind of want to shout out and not not for anything in particular, but I don't know if you've gotten the same sense as I have that it feels as if things are happening in the city. And I just mean like, you know, you see more city staff cleaning up garbage. At least I see that downtown. You see, you know, um, I've complained a lot about cars uh, boxing in intersections, you know, and I, I always thought that was a consequence of Toronto drivers not giving a shit. Just, you know, no enforcement, so nobody cares, so they just do what they want. I have seen more uh, traffic direction from police. I've seen, like, the King Street pilot that, you know, was starting to get real dirty. Some of the pads were falling off the sidewalks. I've seen more crews coming to fix stuff. It really does seem like John Tory was just allergic to doing fucking anything. Yeah, I happen to agree with you on that. I will say that overall, I do sense the city is more upbeat. Yes, we have our problems. Um, and w- w- they're either being addressed or we're being led to believe they're being addressed. Right. Um, yeah. I the only that. the only complaint I have is, as I've, I've said this, you know this, I'm a delivery driver and I drive downtown and I got to tell you. I'm so irritated with I, I'm okay with the construction. I get it. Roads got to be fixed. Stuff's got to be done. I get it. But why do you have to do it on every single road? Yeah. If you're going to occupy Adelaide, you can't then fuck with Richmond Street. If you're going to fuck with Queen Street, which for the Ontario line the surrounding streets cannot be fucked with. Yeah. We've got construction on Adelaide, construction on Richmond, construction on Queen, um, construction on University. Holy shit, University. We have <laughs> we have construction on the corner of let me tell you a little story. I don't know if I told you this. The other day I had a delivery to make and I was at Bay and Front and I I'm just going to say it. I, I'm i going to make the left on Bay and Richmond, even though it says don't turn. I'm going to do it. I don't care. Anyway, I did it. A guilty as charged. <laughs> do you know why you <laughs> felt the need that you were allowed to do that? Because the police aren't enforcing. You're proving my point, Matthew. I've got no more to say. Ask me how long it took me to get <laughs> from Bay and Front to Bay and Richmond. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't even want to know. 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't even have the words. On a side note, not construction, but something else is going on on Front Street. Something you might be interested in. Front and Wellington Street, uh, like uh, west of Simcoe. So they're filming something. 
And the only reason, I, well, I'm not stupid. I know the LES uh, pine cones are for because they're filming something. I don't know what LES stands for, but I don't need to know what it stands for. However, I've seen a cop car that says Philadelphia Police, and there's a Philadelphia SWAT car, and it was on uh, Wellington Street. Or was it Front Street? I don't remember, but it was on one of them. And I'm like, what fucking TV show is this? (laughs) What TV show is so cheap that they want to film in Toronto because it's cheaper to film here? but pass off our beautiful city as Philadelphia. Matthew. 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 I know it's not, I know it's not no, the no, first no. time. We have, to, we have to have this conversation because <laughs> it's so funny. Matthew. I'll, here's, I'll give you two examples of things that are so obviously in Toronto that it makes me, it, it really does make me laugh that it's like they didn't even bother hiding it. Okay, the first one, I think it came out early 2010. Do you know the movie Kick Ass? Never seen it. Oh my god! Okay, I mean we can go through. Listen, listen. If you're gonna have a movie, I want to finish what you're doing. But if we're gonna have a movie discussion, (laughs) it would floor you the movies that I have not seen. I I, like. (laughs) I I haven't seen what's the Goodfellas. I've never seen it. Anyway, sorry, go on with what you were saying. That's, yeah, I've never seen Kick-Ass. So, Kick-Ass is, oh my god, it's like so many scenes are so obviously, like you see the Scotiabank Theater uh, that's downtown, you see the, I forget so what I it's called, it's at King and, it's close to King and Young, the hotel there. Um, I think it's a relatively big deal one. But like, that's very obvious. But So that was like 10 years ago. Here's um, is, John I say C- if- is John Cena in that movie Kick Ass? No, who's in who's in Kick Ass? I thought it was John Cena for some reason. It's oh, um, it's Nicolas Cage. Oh, okay. Nicolas Cage is the dad to the girl, and the girl's whole thing at that time was she was so young that it was so shocking to hear her say swear words. Like that was the big deal then. <laughs> um. So the other one is, I don't know if you're aware of the Amazon Prime show, The Boys. No. Okay. I mean, I've seen it, but. The very first, I would rewatch the very first episode and you'll see Huey and, oh, I forgot the name of the other guy. <laughs> I should know better because I actually do like the show, but they're just standing in Dundas Square. Literally a TTC bus drives right by them. Wow. Like it's the it's our it's our shitty chorus media garbage bins that you see. Like it's it's so funny how obvious it is. That's a uh, wow. <laughs> so you know, it's Toronto. Oh, actually, I also I can tell you as well. Suicide Squad was filmed in Toronto. I know that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had the Batman chase scene going down Young Street. I thought it was Bay. I think it was I. Thank you. I could be wrong. I thought it was Young Street only because I was working at um, the TCHC buildings, uh, City Park at the time when they were filming Suicide Squad. And I think I remember being able to see them do some of it. I will tell you. Are you familiar with the TV show Rookie Blue? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got about 10 minutes, so we're good. <laughs> um, 
I I'm such a whore for that show. Uh, everyone in my family likes it. My daughter loves it. Uh, you know, she's she can't speak properly because she can't hear. So she calls it the police show. That's what she calls it. So when we go to bed, she's like, please show. No problem. Uh, I have seen most of the actors up, up close with my own two eyes. Ooh. I have a picture somewhere in social media land with one of them. It was a guy. It wasn't uh, the 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 lead female cop, which that, I, I okay. love her. Uh, is it Nathan name? Fillion or is he the firefighter? No, you're talking about you're thinking about the rookie. I'm talking about rookie blue. <laughs> I'm talking about rookie blue with Missy what uh Pyrogram? Missy Pyrogram. I'm probably saying it wrong. Rookie blue. Oh, the show is done. Yeah, it's been done for years, but they used to film on Lakeshore. And and if you watch, you see there are scenes. They film downtown. They film uh, uh, in in South Etobicoke. Uh, it's funny. The corner of Islington and Lakeshore. There's a big job start there, and that that in the in the in the show that was classed as the bus terminal at Port Credit. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. No. I, I we love the show. Uh, you know, it's a funny story. I was walking with uh, my eldest daughter and her mother at the time. We were walking her to school. It was like grade seven or something. We we still did that. We still walked them to school. And they were filming a scene in the park. And we literally walked by the guy that, if you're still looking at the thing, the guy that plays Sam Swarick. So I assume, is he the main guy? The guy that plays, if you look at Sam Swarick, that's the character name. And I'm telling you, it doesn't help me just because I'm looking at. A I don't. I don't three. know what his name is. Uh, ben something. I think his <laughs> name is Ben something. Wait. Okay. Why are you showing me random Sonic OCs? Oh, just just meeting? go to the cast list. Oh yeah, you know what? That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Rookie Blue cast. Okay. Gregory Smith. Who did you say? His name is Ben something. He plays Sam ben, Swarick. Ben, ben Bass? Ben Bass? Yes, him. I believe. Yeah. He plays Sam Swarick. So we walked right by him, and he was muttering his lines to himself. <laughs> and and I remember uh, my kid's mom just looking at him, being all mesmerized, and I'm like, I'm about, I'm about to lose her to him right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I then just, it happened. I thought it was funny. Um, so to close this up, anything uh, you want to add on the municipal landscape, anything that's coming up or anything else you want to say before we wrap it up and get the F out of here? You know what? I think we uh, we covered all over the world today. Literally <laughs> all over the world, except except we didn't talk about Cuba. Maybe next week. Something going on in Cuba? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Listen, I'm just. We'll let, we'll let something happen in Cuba before we talk about Cuba. All right, we'll let Cuba handle Cuba. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they know what they've done. <laughs> Which is oh. what every American president has said for the last, I don't know, sixty years. <laughs> 
So again, we just want to thank everyone for sticking with us. Uh, again, apologize for being away while we were uh, trying to schedule something. Um, we thank you guys so much for tuning in, for listening to us, for engaging with us. We appreciate it all. And everywhere in the world that listens to us, you know, Italy, France, uh, the UK, uh, Belgium, I'm forgetting some again, Sri Lanka, Turkey, uh, the Philippines, uh, St. Grenadines and the whatever, the island. Um, I'm, I'm dying here. El Salvador, Mexico. In the United States, man, we you know have... let me save Matthew. Let me save you. Here's here's my ultimate question: How is the Philippines not simply a land of people named Philip? That is you tell me that right now. That's a brain teaser for you. God damn it! I that bet is... they don't even regularly have Philips in the Philippines. Probably not. How dare they? <laughs> And again, we want to thank all our listeners all over the world, especially our listeners here in Canada, um, everywhere in Canada, specifically on Ontario. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for putting up with us. Thank you for letting us into your lives briefly to talk about shit. Um, if you agree with us, that's great. If you don't, that's fine, too. Um, tell us, you know, we, you can write to us. The Municipals pod at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you. If it's funny or serious enough or whatever, we'll read it on the air. Um, and uh, and I mean that's that's really it. That's all I have for today. Uh, Phil, you're good. Yes, but uh, something we had mentioned earlier. I told you that I would text you those numbers. Yes. Um. Now again, I don't want you to read these out loud. I'm, I'm gonna send going it to you in the chat on Zoom so that you can react to them as the end of our episode. Uh, but again, not without saying them out loud. And we wait with bated breath. No, I sent it to you now. <laughs> uh, uh, what? Yeah. I. I'm. It's it's called it's called it's too much. It's 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 doing it too much. I'll tell you that much. I am uh, at a loss for words. <laughs> As we as we end today's episode, why don't you carry us off, fellas? Is it is it great to end your Sundays on a political conversation? I think it is. I think that's what we should do every Sunday, uh, or rather, for us every other Sunday. So uh, for me and Matt, uh, I guess that's it for the night. So uh, we'll see you next time from uh, your pals at the municipals. And just when you think that they couldn't. Pull us back in. Here we are again, uh, recording some 48 hours after we laid our last track down. Phil and I are back again because we couldn't wait the two weeks to cover what just took place yesterday. Phil, do you want to give us a rundown? And then um, quickly, I've got uh, a statement from Star uh, Merit Styles, And also, I just found out her, her Toronto um, office was vandalized. So why don't um, you run it down for us and then uh, I'll interject. Okay, or try to go quick. So as as we talked about uh, two weeks ago, Sarah Jaima made a statement about the uh, Israel-Palestine conflict that uh, had not gone down well, uh, to say the least, 
uh, with, ah, I want to say some people who uh, who want to put some words into her mouth and make her say things that she didn't say. Uh, so anyways, I really hope that Merritt Styles would stick up for her. Um, she didn't. She has now um, been booted from the NDP caucus. That was from uh, the NDP. And from the conservatives, she has been censured from the legislature. Can you explain what that means to our listeners? Because even I wasn't sure what it meant. And then I looked it up. Uh, my understanding is that essentially, uh, as as long as she is censured by the government, she cannot be called upon by the speaker. So she essentially is silenced in the in parliament now. And I also I, believe she can't vote. I I thought I saw a statement that she had made to her constituents as a now independent MPP saying that she would still be allowed to vote. Um, but I I do think that the regular situation is that you're not allowed to vote. So I don't know if maybe I misunderstand or if this is a different situation. So before I get into her statement, I mean, this is pretty big news. It's huge. What's what's your feeling on it? So I'm I'm incredibly upset. Um, I don't I don't believe that. Even even taking it in the most bad faith way possible, which I I really don't think. The only the only way I feel like that you can take this statement as somehow con condemning Jewish people to die is if you agree with Premier Ford's assessment of the statement in that it showed um, a well-documented history of anti-Semitism with the MPP, according to the Premier, and that her statement supports the rape and murder of innocent Jewish people. That's not at all what Sarah had said. You know, I saw online it, they're even calling for Merritt Stiles to resign. Hey, look at this. Huh? Oh, hey! Coca-Cola buddies. That's right. We're brand deals now, Coke. Uh, we're just waiting for the call. So, real quickly, I'm just going to read it. Uh, from Merritt Stiles, in our caucus, there is room for different viewpoints, even dissenting ones, but that is based on the foundational principles of trust and working together as a team. Ms. Jam and I have reached an agreement to keep her in the NDP caucus, which included working together in good faith and with no surprises. Our caucus and staff have made significant efforts to support her during on an, out, an undoubtedly difficult time. Since then, she has undertaken a number of unilateral actions uh, that have undermined our collective work and broken the trust of her colleagues. Some of JAMA's actions have contributed to unsafe work environments for staff. As such, with the support of our Ontario NDP MPPs, I have left with no option but to remove Miss JAMA from our caucus. So that just seems like bullshit. Uh, because Sarah JAMA had just closed her constituency office due to threats to her because of because of the deflection by the premier, to be honest, that's that's the reality. So it's like to to pretend as if she's a danger. I don't know. It's ridiculous. And then I have a tweet from from our pal, uh, Chloe Brown. Um, to the NDP 
uh, because this solidifies my choice to never pay for membership to any political party. She was uh, quote tweeting a tweet by Laura Stone announcing that Sarah Jama had been removed from the NDP. And then uh, I, I don't mean to stir it up, but there is a, a comment from Sue Ann Levy that says, headline, remind me as a Jew never to support Chloe Brown. There, Chloe, two can play this game. That's just petty. Yeah, Sue Ann can shove it up, Brazzle. <laughs> and then uh, from someone named Behan Farhadi, I apologize if I butchered the name. Uh, she writes, after Merritt Styles published a statement, I resigned as president from the Scarborough Rouge Park Riding Association. One can't work together as a team on uh, or on the principle of trust if decrying the scale and asymmetry of injustice is framed as, quote, different viewpoint. I think... I what's disappointing to me to myself really is I understand I'm starting to get how people kind of lose faith in electoral politics when when you see a party as a certain way and then it feels like it betrays those values it's I'm it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that people are this upset it makes sense to me now I will say i I'm a bit surprised now because as I, I opened my email to get the Zoom link, okay? I sent an email to Merit's, the Office of Merit Styles and the Office of my MPP, Dolly Begum. Uh, as well, Dolly Begum also stood behind Merit Styles as she made her statement about kicking out uh, Sarah Jamis. So um, she is, and she is the uh, deputy leader of the party, I believe. Uh, so I, I wrote an email, uh, I'm not, I've already pretty much said everything that I've said in the email on our show, but I sent it to them and today I'm seeing, I'm actually very surprised. I got a response from, uh, a member of Dolly's staff who has, who has asked if I'd like to schedule a phone call for them to talk to me about this. Oh yes, Philip. I'm no, I'm actually I'm surprised. You shouldn't be. You're and, you're listen, I'm telling you. I'm telling you you are you're an important person. I told you you're a CIW, a counselor in waiting. Your opinion matters. That's why people listen to the show. Um but anyway, I we just wanted to bring this to you guys as part of the the final part of the episode. So I hope you guys like that. Um, real quick, Philip, if you had to guess what you think is going to happen, maybe that's not fair. Let's can we fantasy book for one quick second? Next election, does does uh, Sarah Jama get reelected? Does Merritt Styles get reelected? If you had to guess, you know, I think the thing is. The the election is in three years, the next provincial election. So, you know, in the same way that Doug Ford spent three and a half years screwing everything up and then six months, you know, giving people cash, <laughs> um, you know, people people do forget. Uh, I do feel like 
this is a very kind of harsh burn to progressives and the the pain is too fresh i feel like to give a an outlook on what the situation is in three years absolutely and we'll have to see what happens and and where the chips fall but uh that's it for us Uh, i do want to give a special shout out because i am uh you i don't know if you can notice behind me but i am uh podcasting from eli's table it's a cool little place in uh in vaughn chicken shawarma and all uh if you guys like that and you're close by drop in jane and rutherford Um, and then meet a host of the municipals that's right uh but you know why don't you do it again phil why don't you send us off again and hopefully we don't have to come back for two weeks guys don't make any new uh, new big big deals. Okay, no more big deals. Ontario, Canada, Toronto. You just, just got chill. You just gotta hope seven they don't, days. You just gotta hope they don't step in shit. They just not, you know. But that's Lisa McLeod's specialty: stepping in it. So uh, listen, everyone, chill for seven days. Let's wrap our head around the situation. Let's figure everything out. We we meet back seven days, uh, and by that I mean for us ten days. That'll be closer to you know when we record. And, uh, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll have figured the situation out, okay? We'll have made everything better. All right. You heard it from Phil. Thank you guys again for uh, tuning into this addendum to our show. And uh, thanks, guys. We will see you guys next week or in two weeks. Yes, in two weeks.